sing out a song. Oh, I sing out a love song to Jesus in moments like these. Oh, I lift up my hands. Oh, I lift up my hands to the Lord. This is our moment tonight. Singing I love you, Lord. Singing I love you, Lord. Singing I tonight we are standing here as purchased possession of your sweet precious blood that you shed on Calvary for us or we want to say in this place how thankful we are that we know that you love us that it's not one of those situations that we wonder or we guess but we know because you said so Lord, we thank you for your presence in this room right now Lord, I believe that you're here to open your word, to reveal yourself even more clearly to us as we sit here. Let our hearts, let our lives, let our attentions hang on every word. Don't let Satan offend us or do something to distract us, but let us hang on every word that proceeds out of your mouth, O God. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we've been watching your word as it comes forth, how it changes us. We are not what we used to be. This is your great work. This is your tremendous blessing. And we say thank you, Lord, that we get to be recipients of such matchless grace. I pray tonight that you would bless my brothers and sisters, Lord, for their faithfulness to come out in a midweek service. They didn't come here to see me. They didn't come here to see maybe even each other, Lord. But we are desiring to hear from the King of Kings once again. Oh, we ask that you would break your bread to us as you walk with us along the way. And we'll be sure to close this service to give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise, Lord. Help us here tonight. We love you so much, Jesus, in your precious, lovely name. Amen. Amen. God bless you tonight. While you're standing, if you'll turn to the book of Romans, chapter 3. I'm not yet sure exactly which way the Lord wants to go, but yet still blessed be the name of the Lord. Tonight will be part 17 of Change in Our Atoms, and we've been studying the last five or six services on this voice, this voice that doth speak. And we read that to you out of Isaiah that he said that, that the one that speaks is me, your Lord Jesus, your Savior. This isn't... <coughs> 
someone's idea. This is what he says. Do you appreciate his mercy? Let's start right there in chapter 3, verse 1 of the book of Romans. What advantage then hath the Jew? What profit there of circumcision? Much every way chiefly committed the oracles of God or the sayings of God. For what if, what if, and you think about this tonight as you sit here and you hear these words, what if some did not believe? What if some did not believe? Shall unbelief make the faith of God without effect? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid, yea, God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written, that thou mayest be judged, justified in thy sayings, and mightest overcome when thou art judged. But if our unrighteousness commend the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unrighteous who taketh vengeance? He said, I speak as a man. God forbid then, how shall God judge the world? For if the truth of God hath more abounded through my lie unto his glory, why yet am I also judged as a sinner? And not rather, as we be slanderously reported, and as some affirm that we say, let us do evil that good may come, whose damnation is just. What then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise, for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throats an open sepulcher. Their tongues, they've used a seat. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. There's no fear of God before their eyes. You may be seated tonight. No fear of God before their eyes. No fear of God before their eyes. My goodness. God bless you this evening. Sorry I wasn't here Sunday. I know you're in good hands. I appreciate Brother Matt filling in for us and, and running people off and all that good stuff. And uh, I want to also say I appreciate the testimony service we had the other night. Uh, some of you don't know that, and I'll say this for those that are watching recording, I, I got here about 4 o'clock on Wednesday, was not feeling good all day, and got over here trying to get ready for church and praying and reading my Bible and studying, and, and then I got just got weaker and more and more tired. I was sitting in my pew back there, and finally I just laid over in the pew, and I'm like, well, this ain't going to get it. So I went outside and sat in the truck, rolled the windows down, and laid there, fell out for in a coma for a few minutes, and finally I said, I, I just got to go home. Just got to go home. So I went home. Lily was still not feeling good from having left over a fever and, and was laying there and she wanted to go to church and she was crying and I went to the bathroom, come back out, she was crying. So we just kind of sat on the couch and wrapped a blanket around us and waited for church to start. And she found the lad. I kept passing out. I mean, I, I couldn't stand up. I kept passing out. I, I stand, hold my eyes up and just fall right back asleep. She went and got the laptop. She went and got the laptop. We're trying to log into Facebook to watch the, the service. She did. So that one couldn't get logged in. So she's put that down and found another one, trying to log in with that. And we couldn't figure it out. And I kept trying to you know, hold my head up and, and then just keep passing back out. And I told her, I said, you know, it, it, he hadn't started streaming it yet. I said, we'll watch it on my phone. 
when it comes up. So when it finally started playing at about seven o'clock, my phone would just would not work. It would not play it for nothing. So I kept trying. I'd fall asleep. I'd try. I'd fall asleep just nonstop. And finally, about 7.20 or 7.25, it actually started working. So I'm laying there, borderline comatose, and listening to those testimonies. And I went from being just uh, knocked out on the couch to be standing on my feet saying, we're going to church. Just from hearing those testimonies. So again, I'll say, I appreciate that testimony service. I appreciate to hear what God's doing for you. As your pastor, that, that means the world to me that know that he's not just my God, that you're not borrowing my revelation, that, that you have a same experience with the same living God. There's always, he's always a present help in every time of trouble. This is nothing but the truth. Do you love the Lord tonight? Amen. Uh, we had a real good time on our, our, the services over there in Noel. The Lord was good to us. We really appreciate the, the brothers and sisters we got to meet. We met some folks that, that knew my parents before they ever got married. So one sister was testifying that she heard that I was coming, and she remembered that, you know, I don't know, if, I don't know how she knew this, but that I was from Nutbush originally, and, and that she said, well, I knew a Marsha Miles from Nutbush, and, and I knew that when I left there, she was dating a Rory Parker. Could this be their son? That far back. <laughs> But it was good. God, God, real good to us. Opening of His Word and what He what He showed us that even on Sunday morning, that even in the the song service, a man comes to the altar and gives his heart to God, rededicates his life, remakes himself anew in the worship service. So it was some powerful services. So I appreciate that. Got a couple of announcements just while we're in this in this slower pace here. That um, we're going to take Memorial Day weekend. We're going to have a church dedication service. So block it off in your calendars. Uh, we're going to take that weekend. I'm not sure yet if we'll have a Thursday night service. We will for sure have a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but I'm not sure if I'm going to do a Thursday night service or a Saturday morning service. So that's the one thing that I'm still not sure about, but go ahead and block that weekend off on your calendar. And what we're going to have is the, is the local pastors preach these meetings for us, and I'll give out those names. I've got one more brother to confirm before I announce it, and then we'll you know, everybody out. You can invite everybody you meet. Everybody you meet. You go on the highways and the hedges and you compel them to come in. I'm sick of this. Well, I don't feel led. I don't feel led. I'm done with that. I'm absolutely done with that. You go on the highways and the hedges and you compel them to come in. What's the alternative? Lake of fire? What's the alternative? They're either in or they're out. So what's the alternative? So what kind of a person that make you? Don't stand in a way. Let God use you. Uh, we've, we've in this series of the rapture, and I believe we're in the rapture season. I believe that's what it, this word is doing to us. I believe what God has restored through the prophet of this day and what God, he and himself has stepped forward to bring clearly and open our eyes to more things that have been hit before the foundation of the world. I believe it's causing a body change. I don't believe I'm, you know, been elected and, and you voted for me and thought that I could get in. No, no, no. What he chose for me is causing a body change in me. Here a little, there a little. I'm not what I was. You're not what you once was. You know you're drawing closer. You know things are changing on the inside. You know it. You can testify yourself. I appreciate that. One other thing we do have locked down is um, the 4th of July after weekend, the weekend after the 4th of July, which I think is the, I think that's the 6th, 7th, and 8th, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday preceding, proceedings after, right? Yes, proceeding after following 4th of July, we're going to have a youth meeting service fellowship. 
claim as many things we in because I want older people to come too. Don't come, don't say I didn't come because I wasn't a youth. You're going to be a youth very soon. You're going, Brother Glenn, you're going to be a youth very soon. So you're welcome. If Sister Shirley was here, if she was listening tonight, she's what, 94 now, she'll be a youth soon. Come on now, this is what we're talking about. They're not just blowing smoke or pipe dreams or, or this one. This is a reality. It's an actual reality. So we want to have that fellowship. We're going to invite, again, everybody we can find. We invited men to come fellowship with us. I've asked for the Jonathan Jones to come minister that for us, and he's uh, agreed, he's accepted, and so we're very thankful for that because you know how I love him. So I, I'm looking forward to that. I'm trying to get, I, I've got to, um, just trying to get, get all this, get you prepared in your mind for our Labor Day meetings. I've got a brother I want to ask, and, and I'll do my best to get that nailed down the next few days just so we can get all these you invited out and all that ready in your mind. Um, another thing I want to share with you, Brother James Prater was here, uh, was that back in November? Is that November? <coughs> was it December? Okay. And he was, um, he was telling us before when he was here, there's a couple in Wichita that he's been witnessing the message to. And he said they've been, they've enjoyed his music ministry and they've enjoyed the fellowship and all that. And he said he wants to um, get them to come to the church to have some fellowship meetings with us. He was asking what our next services were. He wanted to have Brother Forrest Farmer come up and, and testify and preach one night, which Brother Forrest's testimony will blow you away. Absolutely blow you away. And so we're going to probably try to work that out for that same weekend of the youth meetings. Uh, he, he wants to bring some of the other churches, their youth as well, and have just one big meeting. So I think that'll work out real good to do that about that time. Now, again, I'm still saying youth meeting, but you're welcome too. I'm going to look you right in the eye. You're welcome. I'm Brother Hector, I'm looking at you too. You might not want to call yourself youth, but you're welcome too. I want everybody to be here. You don't know what it means to a younger person to see you still standing. You don't know what that means. Me and my wife was talking about a, a sister that we saw in the meetings down in Pawnee that, that things had been done to her and, and, and all in her life and, and where she was at, that, that, that how much of an encouragement it would be for someone who had been in a similar situation to tell her, I'm still here. I'm still standing. Yes, that's hard. Yes, it's the hardest thing maybe you'll ever go through, but you can survive. You can remain. The Bible says those that are alive and remain. That remain can also be changed, survive, uh, alive and survive. God will keep you standing. Satan tell you all day long, no, that was it. That was the one out there that just knocked you down. No, it didn't. I'm still standing. Brother Glenn, you're still standing. The grace of God, each one of us, we're still standing. You know, each one of us sitting here tonight, no matter where you are in your walk with the Lord, it is still Satan's prerogative to steal from you, to kill you, and destroy you. Maybe those are shocking words to maybe you forgot you was in a battle, but you're in a battle. And if you're in a battle, you better have a way to defend yourself. You better have a way to defend yourself. And, and I, there's a song that the Tally sang years ago that said he gave us his name. He told us we could use his name to defend ourselves. I'll share this with you while we're in this vein. Uh, we'll share that testimony about Sister Erica's cousin on Sunday at the service. And afterward, there was a brother that come up for prayer. And we prayed for him, and it was, it, was a, it was a special moment. And then he stepped away, and then another sister comes up for prayer. And she was telling me, she said, I heard your testimony about what you asked, or what you was telling about the sister there. She said, I've got a friend of mine that was in the message for years. She's an older lady, and she believes that, that, that things has happened to her, that it's allowed demons to get a hold of her, and it's really it's done a terrible thing to her life. 
And she said, I want to stand here right now in faith and bind our, our, our prayer and bind our faith together. God will set her free. So I started praying for her. And let me tell you something. He met us there. He met us there. If, if you were to watch the service and see the one brother walk away, I was could just about jump back up on the, on the platform. She walked away. I almost had to crawl back up on the platform. He met us there. I promise you she got her need. I promise you she got her need. See, God still sets the captives free, and his word will do it. Satan's scared to death of that word. That's why you look in your life as, as like we done said, your life has been changed. See, now you're starting to believe the word. All your life, maybe you've been a Christian, maybe you've known the Bible, maybe all these things, but you've never put it into work like you're doing it right now. Maybe you've, you've went years and years suffering with headaches, suffering with any other form of malady, any of those things, but, but now your, your attention and your focus has been shifted toward a battle manner. Wait a minute now. I ain't got, it ain't got to stay this way. Something can change. Something can change. I fear God. It's the beginning of wisdom. I not only fear and reverence him, I also know him to be the greatest and most powerful entity there is anywhere. And if he said I could use his name to defend myself, let's go. Let's go. See, by his stripes, I was healed. I was healed. You'll never hear me say one day I'll get healed. No, by his stripes, I was healed 2,000 years ago when he said it is finished. Guess what? It was done. Every redemptive blessing is mine. It's yours. Don't let no con man bluff you off of it. Don't let him bluff you off of it. So again, like I said about your heart now believing it. I didn't get over to Hebrews. It talks about the evil heart of unbelief. See, people all day long tell you they're a Christian. They believe the Bible. They believe this. They believe all these different things. But again, I'll ask you this. Are you a love slave to him? I don't care if you're a Lutheran, Episcopalian, Pentecostal, Catholic. Are you a love slave to him? Sold out. Lock, stock, and barrel. Sold out. No more will of my own. I don't, I don't exist anymore. There is no more Sam Parker. There is no more my wants. My, it's only to be him and him alone. Once that heart is sold out, you realize that brings faith? Because you got room now for faith? You ain't got all of you up in there? You've been burned out and scourged out, and now you got a, a full heart of faith that he has room to rule and reign in. And then you get that word, and you take that word. Like D.L. Moody would always say, I always prayed for faith, prayed for faith. And then one day I read that faith comes by hearing, and I started to read that word, and guess what? I believed that word. And when I believed that word, all of those things started lining up and fitting together perfectly from the backwards to the front, and I were to see him clearly and face to face. And now I guarantee you this, I don't think he's a liar. I don't think he's a liar. No, I believe him with all my heart, and I'm getting to the point where no other voice matters. No other voice matters but what he says. You realize what a paradox it is to get that way in your Christian walk? Because each one of us are like magnets. You walk through your life. You've got all the stuff your mom and dad told you. You've got everything your grandparents told you, everything your friends told you, everything the media told you, TVs, phones, all of those things. And it's sitting there like a magnet dragging everywhere you go. And it's meant to be almost directly contrary to what God said. No, you're not this. You're not what the Bible says. You're not what this. You're not, you're not, you're not. But he says, I am. Don't worry about what that is. That's not you. See, that's the devil. That's the devil. His voice is still standing there clearly speaking. I am yours and you are mine. I am yours and you are mine. <clears throat> you think about the reverence for God. 
you think about a, a heart that's dedicated to a purpose to only serve him, and you, and you think about what it becomes in your makeup. You may be in times past, um, as you growed up and as you was, or as a younger person, maybe you run through a church, just skipping through a church. Maybe you chew gum in church. Maybe you talk with someone in church. Maybe you play a game in church. Maybe each one of us, you know, they all got kids being raised a message on a, on a pew. I was raised on a pew. I even think about myself, and, and I, I used to think as a young boy, because I didn't care about what was being said. I was just being made to go. I've got a good imagination. As soon as the preaching started as a young kid, I could check out, go through my little adventure, come get me when you're done. Sitting in the same pew as someone else, you know, I hear them shouting, I hear them enjoying it. Okay, it's done, and I got this going on. Irreverent as can be. Still there. Yes, I attended. Yes, I still showed up. Never late, never left early. Always was there. But even though I was there, I wasn't there. That's disrespectful. But as a child, you're learning. You're learning. I didn't know him for myself. I didn't know him for myself. That's why the prophet would say, until your children get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you will be their Holy Ghost until then. But but I want to go do this. I want to go that. You will not. Why not? Because I said. This is against his word. And you don't yet know him. You don't understand why. Kids love to ask why. Why? You don't need to know why. It's solely because I said. It's that simple. Why can't I go to hell? Just believe me. Don't go. Well, I need a reason. See, kids grow up, and unless something's changed, they still got the same thoughts. It's it's unreal the amount of little memes and little videos out there of people saying, I'll go to hell if I want to. It's unbelievable. It went from being a one in a billion, now uh, now you find one in a billion saying, I don't want to go to hell. What has happened to this world? Huh? Yes, don't forget Sunday night's communion while I'm talking about going to hell. (laughs) Confess. If there's something between you or your brother or sister, get it confessed. Make it right. Repent it. Don't go through that. Don't eat or drink damnation on yourself because taking it unworthily. And what unworthily is you not repenting to someone. If you've said something to them, you need to make it right. Get it made right. Make it right. I don't. I had a guy come up and tell me one time, and I've shared this with you before that that he came up to me and he said he 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 unloaded on me all these things he had against me, all these things that I'd done wrong to him, all these long, 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 long list of things done. Took about thirty minutes, and then he said, "Forgive me." And I'm like, "I'm still reeling." Okay. Then he goes and tells my dad we were working together at the time, and he said, "Hey, if I've got if you got anything against me, and I got anything against you, forgive me. Have a good day." And Dad's like, "I got nothing against you." Okay, thanks. And I asked Dad later, I said, did, did he tell you what he had against you? No, not, nothing whatsoever. <laughs> it's not how confession works. That's not how making something right with someone. If I ever say anything about you, if I ever hurt your feelings, it don't work like that. You don't look, I know what I said about you. I know what I said. I know what I did. And I want to tell you whether I was right, whether I was wrong, forgive me. I didn't mean to hurt you. I love you. Whether Either one of whichever, I, I love you. And I want you to know that at least I love you. And that's that part of making things right, making things as far as that where there's nothing between you, him, or them. So, godly reverence, fear of God, beginning the beginning of wisdom. And, and there's so many people that, and I shared that with you. I really appreciated that thought Brother Donnie had said in that sermon I shared to you too before Brother Joe was here that, that he's talking about that 
The scripture, Satan has blinded the eyes of the people so they can't see him and they can't see God. Scripture says Satan has blinded the eyes of the people so they don't see God and they sure don't see him. They think he's this beautiful angel of light, that he's all, my goodness, have you tried the drugs? Have you tried the women? Have you tried the booze? Have you tried the, it's just the best thing ever. We'll never show you the hangover. We'll never show you the kidney failure. We'll never show you the suicide. We'll never show you the OD. Never show you all these things because they're designed to kill you. In its end is death. I'll say it again, in its end is death and not life. In its end is death. So all of the people that follow him, all the people that worship him, even though they think they worship the Lord Jesus, they're, they're, he hates them. He absolutely hates them. He cannot wait for them to die. He cannot wait for them to die. And it's not like, oh, we get to be together. No, no, he just can't wait for them to die. I'll torment you from now on. There's nothing about him that loves you. He can't offer you healing. He can't offer you streets of gold. He can't offer you eternal life. All of this nonsense that he tries to peddle and push out there, and it's purely evil, and it's not real. And it's in his death, and only death. And it's not just sleeping kind of death, first death, second death. No, it's eternal separation. It's eternal separation. You cease to exist. Again, hell was not made for man. Hell was made for Lucifer and his angels. Hell had to be enlarged to take in all the men and women that Satan tricked into coming with him. See, this is the truth. Whether you want to believe it or not. But in, in the godly reverence, in, the, in the serving the Lord Jesus, and, and being, being um, respectful to his voice, I, I've had the times that the Lord has spoken to me before and the Lord has told me to do things. And I've shared with you my, my embarrassment and my shame of times that I've done, not done what he's told me to do that I've missed opportunities to help my brother or sister all because I was a coward. I've shared that with you and I've told you then, but God in his mercy has allowed me to make that right. He's given me other opportunities to go back and make that right. And, and it's, it, it's, I just thank him for it. But we get to a place before to get to a place with such reverence and respect, and and I shared that with you how how much that God loved that spirit that was on Elijah, which you know is the spirit of Jesus Christ that was on Elijah. But there was nothing that said no. There was not one thing in him that said that's a little bit awkward. That's a little bit cumbersome. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't do that. What would they think? What would they do? No, he said. You said what? I'll be right back. Not one flinch, not one. This is what he said. This is word for word. This is what he said. You don't like it, you take it up with him. You don't like it, you take it because it's not my words, they're his words. And you think about what it becomes to it. You look at the prophets in the Bible and how that, you know, Hebrews 1, 1, in diverse times and diverse manners, God revealed himself unto his prophets. He spoke to his people through his prophets. <clears throat> you always go back to Micaiah. And you have those 400 prophets that, uh, that, that have done talk to Ahab and as the king of Judah is the other, the other king was and, and he's done talk to them and, and they've done prophesied good things for him. Are you going to come back with such a victory? You're going to come back with such a, a plunder and, and you're going to win and, and there's be no destruction and all, you're not going to lose one man. All these things, these prophets that we're telling that were supposed to be genuine prophets of God. And I think it was a Jehoshaphat. Is that who it was? I always forget that, that he asked him. He said, is there one more prophet? Do you don't happen to have another one? And you're looking at the 400 or 400 not enough. He's like, no, something in my heart's not feeling like that's exactly right. Have you seen the people we're going against? I'm not saying God can't do it, but something's not ringing true. Is there another prophet somewhere? Well, we do have one more prophet, but I hate him and he hates me. He always prophesies evil against me. Always says things that I don't want to hear. There's the key right there. That ain't what I wanted to hear. 
go gets him. And the man he sends after him, he said, we've done told the king this, this, and this, and you're going to say word for word, this, this, and this. Otherwise, you know, death be unto thee. And he gets there before him. And, and he said, what do you say? So he said, you know, I, I mean, he, he, he basically asked a blessing and said, you know, good things. And, and Ahab said, I done told you, if you don't tell me what's right. So he goes, okay, you open the door. So he walks in and he said, you won't even come back. You won't even come back. But he's like, I, I didn't like how you said that. And he still he said, so go ahead and put him in prison. When I get back, you know, I'll kill him when I get back. And, they, and, and Micaiah says, if, I, if you come back at all, then I'm no prophet at all. If you even come back. And then you think about the, the how's it worded that, that by chance the man threw the spear, was through the spear or the, the, the arrow. He shot, by chance, he shot the arrow. The king Ahab was hiding in a chariot. He wouldn't even go out in his priestly, his kingly garment that he, that he was out there trying to hide. And, and this one man just happens to shoot an arrow and got him right in the back, stuck him in the, in the chariot. If he had just listened to that voice, but he had no respect for that voice. Well, the hardest things God has had to do is get one man to believe another. One of the hardest things God has had to do is get one man to believe another. So you think about your testimony. Are you testifying of what the Lord Jesus has done for you? It's something clicked to me the other day about testifying, and, and, and the Lord has given us great opportunity in the last couple of weeks to share some amazing things to people, and it is doing something to them. I promise you, it's doing something to them. Just the testimonies of what our living God has done. I, I realize that if you're not sharing your faith, that means you ain't got none. If you're not sharing, it means you ain't got none. What are you scared of? What do you, this is what he did. This ain't your battle. This ain't your fight. This is what he did. We are called to compel them to come in. Let me tell you what he did. Let me tell you what kind of God I serve. Let me tell you what he does on a regular basis. He honors his word. He honors his word. Now, there's getting your fine line right there. We was, and, and I don't mean to, uh, you, you think about people want to say all the times, well, God is love, God is love, God is love. And they push that to a certain far extent over in one ditch that, that I can do whatever I want. I can say what I want. I can think what I want. I can wear what I want. All these things, but God is love and God loves. No, 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 no. Not God is love. Love is God. God is his word. God is his word. You're never going to say, well, God loves me and he doesn't care if I keep all of his word. You keep all of his word or you go to hell. This is his words, not mine. Should I read Revelation 22 right to you right now? You keep all of his word or you go to hell. See, in this day, there's been a bride that's been prepared that she can believe all the word. There's a bride that's been prepared that can believe all of the word. It don't hurt. Sometimes it might hurt. Sometimes it might be against anything you ever heard, but I still believe it. I know what's right. Your heart knows it's right. There have been things that God has opened my eyes before. and like, Lord, can I just not look away again? Because I know what that's going to do. But no, it's still the truth. It's still the truth. No fear of God before their eyes. So when you have the enemy of, of, of fear or doubt or unbelief versus faith, that in a, a perfectly built man or woman of God, and if we were had time to jump into, into Peter's, it says, add unto your faith, add unto your virtue, add unto your temperance, add unto your godliness. All of these things, you're being built up the right way. That one of those is godly respect. It's godly fear that you understand that when he speaks, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. So a life that can be surrendered to that, that when he speaks, you would yield to it. You would yield, Lord, your word, your word. 
But I had this idea. I had this one. I had this thought. I should do this. None of that matters anymore. But what about I did this and I did that? None of that matters anymore. All it is is him. It's just him. It's only him. Do you, can you love him like that tonight? Can you love the Lord like that tonight? I want to read something to you <clears throat> out of the message, the token. This is 1963, September 1st of the token. But in this glorious place, under this covenant, there's a difference between the blood and the life. The token for the believer today is the Holy Ghost, not a blood, a chemistry, but it's the Holy Spirit of God. That is the token that God requires of the church today. Now, let me tighten that up a little bit. That's the token that God requires of you today, of you today, of you, each one of us, of me. That's what he requires. Just because one person in this church has the baptism of the Holy Ghost don't mean everybody else don't have to have it. You must have that seal of redemption. You must have that token upon your heart. God requires it. God must see this token. He must see it in every one of us. He must see it in every one of us. Do you believe that tonight? He must see it. Therefore, as the evening shadows are appearing and the wrath is ready to be poured out from on high upon the ungodly nations, upon the ungodly unbelievers, the professors without a possession, upon these things, he said, I've tried to unfold myself and live right among it to see where it was standing. Before I said these things, now we're living in the shadows and the wrath is ready to strike and God is a requiring a token that you yourself have received his token, the Holy Ghost. It's the only way. It's the only way and the only sign that God will ever pass because it is the literal life of Jesus Christ returned back into the believer. If you just typed in literal life of Jesus Christ, it'll pull it up, Charity. It is the literal life of Jesus Christ returned back into the believer. Now, <clears throat> if you were to take your spirit and pull out of you and take his spirit and put into you, how would you act? I'll say it again. If you were to take your spirit and pull it out of you and take his spirit and put it into you, how would you act? You would act like him. Is it, um, I, I read it just Saturday and I don't forgot exactly where it said. I think it's in, um, Isaiah 37 or so that talks about the fruit of your life, that it is God has struck the seed of your life and he's quickened you. Ephesians 2, he's quickened you and brought and made you to life that, that now that your roots will grow downward and your fruit will grow upward. That your roots will go downward and your fruit will go upward. So if you're only, thank you, Brother Matt, if you're only bearing the life of Jesus Christ, what kind of fruit will you produce? What kind of proof, what kind of fruit, what kind of fruit, is that, okay, is that the token, good. The literal life of Jesus Christ. You got it, um, paragraph 77. I wanted them to read that. It's the only way, it's the only sign that God will ever pass. The only way. So you're thinking about the, the fear of God. 
<clears throat> the reverence of God. The Bible says our God is a consuming fire. Do you believe that tonight? That our God, your God is a consuming fire. So you think about back in that first Exodus, that first Exodus that, that Pharaoh had to be told by Moses that God will send the death angel through this town tonight and will strike down every firstborn among you. He will strike down every firstborn among you. This was a prophecy from the lips of a prophet. Whether you believed him or not, it was a prophecy from the lips of a prophet. It said, every firstborn will be killed unless the blood of a pure lamb was put above your doorpost. Think about that now. Unless that lamb, that blood was taken and smeared above your doorpost because the death angel was coming. This is not a joke. This is not a picnic. The death angel was coming. You with me tonight? The death angel was coming. They say you can imagine the fear that it was striking those people's heart. The Egyptians, you know, they couldn't care less. The God of these Israelites, we don't even like them. We hate them. We curse them. What's the big deal there? And then the screaming started. And then the screaming started. And then the wailing started. That death angel passed through and was taking those lives each night except where the blood was placed, except where the blood was smeared, except where the blood was presented as a token, except where the blood was believed. You put on your doorposts and say, well, it's there. Do you believe in the power of it? Eh. No, you got to believe it too. So that blood in our day is the most precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he takes that and he says, and you think about all the questions and you think about all the times that this was proposed in this way about the entrance to the kingdom of heaven. It's all you, your mind hopefully is running to these different scriptures. Nicodemus asking this question, how can a man be born again? Can he yet enter into his mother's womb? And all these other times that you tell them the kingdom of heaven has come nigh thee. And then these scribes were asking these questions. <clears throat> they heard that he was answering them well. So they proposed a question. And then they understood at that point that the kingdom of heaven was there. The kingdom of heaven, you only get into that by the new birth. You only get in by the new birth. You only get in by the new birth. Well, I got in when I believed. That ain't the way it worked. Paul asked him, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Have you, Acts 19, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Well, I shook the preacher's hand. I put my name on the book. I go to that church. That's why I ask again, it ain't about your organization. It ain't about your building. I said, are you a love slave to the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, I'm this. You got people today say, I'm a message believer. Now, the message is a beautiful thing, but it's still not the answer to the question. Are you a love slave to him? Have you sold out everything for him? Have you given all of your life for him? Have you forsook all to follow him? Have you counted him the pearl of your great price? Come on now. Is he everything to you? I was reading the other day, and I, I kind of touched on this Saturday about the pearl of great price. You realize that in Revelations, it's talking about the gates of the city, that of those 12 gates, of those 12 entrances, that each gate is built out of one single pearl. Each gate, the Bible says this, each gate is built out of one pearl. One pearl here, one pearl, 12 pearls. You understand that? Each gate is built out of one pearl. You imagine how big that pearl would have to be. Each gate. They're not closed all day long. Each gate, each gate is one pearl. The gates into the kingdom, one pearl. Let this soak in now. Who's the door? The Lord Jesus Christ. Who's the pearl of great price? The Lord Jesus Christ. Who is supposed to be more than life to you? The Lord Jesus Christ. You see the way in? You see the way in? 
People say, well, I came another way. No, you don't. That makes you a thief and a robber. You try to get in any other way, it makes you a thief and a robber. No, no, you understand. I put my name on my church's book. I'm in. No, you're not. You're a thief and a robber. They substitute. They're always substitute. Satan's always trying to substitute. I got no problem with any organization, any denomination, as long as they only stay with this and not with what they think. If they're staying with this, then we can fellowship. As long as you stay with this, but go back and examine them. They refuse. They absolutely refuse. It's not just, well, this would be better. We have a little bit better idea. No, it's like, no, we'll rip that right out in front of you. They make no bones about it. They got no shame about it. They had no fear of God in them to do that to his word. They don't mean that. It does. It does mean that. Oh, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. Go back and read Revelation 22 again. Take it out. Your name is taken out. Add to it. The plagues in this book are added to you. The plagues added unto you. That pearl of great price. And it comes back to literally this simple. You either choose him or you choose the other guy. There's nothing in between. There's nothing in between. There's not some holding place, some waiting place. Well, I, won't, I ain't really picked the devil yet. I ain't picked God yet. No, there's, remember, there's an old quote from a man named Comenius. It was during, um, I can't remember exactly which it was, but people were going crazy with their, their doctrines and their dogmas. And he said, one thing is needful, and that's Christ. One thing, one th no, you don't understand. I need air to survive. No, you don't. I need water. I must have food. No, you don't. You only need Christ. You won't. No, you understand. I got to have a job. No, you don't. I got to have gas in my car. No, you don't. I gotta, no, you don't even have to have the car. You only need Christ. You only need Christ. Well, listening to the message on the of God the other day and get down. It's a, such a deep, such a beautiful sermon. And I, I kind of, and I've heard it a lot of times, but nothing really clicked till just yesterday as I was listening to it. But the man gets down to the end of that sermon. And he starts to tell an old story, an old, um, just a little drama. And a lot of folks, it's written off of a poem or something like, and it's called The Touch of the Master's Hand. And I'm sure you've heard it. And he said that, that, that they're at this auction, and there's an old violin there, and it's all beat up and wore out and all those different things like that. And, and who will give a dollar? Who will give $10? And they couldn't get nobody to give nothing for it. Couldn't give nobody, give nothing for it. It meant nothing to them. And then a master stood up and didn't let him sell it, walks up there, and he plays something like, Nearer my God to thee on it. Every eye in the room is wet and crying. People are sobbing over what that thing can produce. But it took the touch of the master's hand. Now this is at the end of unveiling of God, God hiding in, some, in simplicity. That, that the Lord Jesus himself in our day has taken his word and he's opened it up to you and he showed you things that you declare is beautiful, precious. You read that in First Peter, it's unto you that think he's precious. I feel, oh, he's, he's so precious. He's life. He's everything. You realize that's the kind of heart that can see him, hear him, understanding but when you step back and say i've heard this 50 years i've been in a message church 60 years i've been in this church i went to that college i said under this brother all these years he can't get to you you put that between you and him 
And yet he still stands there like Aaron sang the song tonight. I, I stood on back there almost cried. I've made him stand there waiting in line. I made him stand there waiting in line. I did that. You've done that. Are you still doing it right now? Are you still doing it right now? Is your walk with the Lord where it ought to be? Can your heart say, I'm closer than I've ever been before, only getting closer? Or would your heart say, I need some room for improvement. I need some work. I've got to surrender some things. I've got to let a lot of things. I've got to submit myself to the holy and mighty hand of a living God. Every one of your response say, I must surrender more. I must submit more. I must give myself. If not, then you've got a wrong spirit on you. You got a wrong spirit on you. If you're not willing to say, Lord, I must have more, I must surrender more, then something's wrong with you. And I've been ordained, I've been commissioned to cast out demons. I've been ordained to do that. That is what this gift of ministry is to cast out demons. I, I love you. I pray for you. Don't let the devil put some kind of little trick on you or some little scam on you. There's a way to be clean, there's a way to be pure, there's a way, most importantly, to be close to Him. And again, like I said, your heart knows where you're at. Your heart knows where you're at. I don't have to try to read your mind or anything like that. You, you can know where you're at. There's no fear. Turn over to John chapter 10 with me. <coughs> John chapter 10. We didn't get to finish this last Sunday. And I, I love, again, I want to say how much I love the mercy of our Lord Jesus. I love his patience. I love his enduring, his long-suffering. That he would stand there and take the time with people that he knew would never believe him and explain it a different way. Let me try to explain it to you this way. Let me try to explain it to you this way. And finally, he just comes out and say, I'm the door to the sheepfold. I'm the door to the sheepfold. Open up and let me come in. So there in John chapter 10, verse 9, he said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief... <coughs> Excuse me. Cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. What do you want more abundantly? If I was to ask you just this generic question of who here wants life more abundantly, you would probably think, yeah, I would love a little bit bigger bank account. I'd love a little bit more relief with my bills. Uh, I've been many times that always scraping to make ends meet. I'd love to have a car that, that will work real good and never have any issues. I've got a new, newer truck out there that's giving me issues. That's very frustrating to me to have no troubles with things like that. Would, would you, would you want that kind of more abundantly? Or would you say, I have forsaken all that. I don't care about that. I want him more abundantly. 
I want his word more importantly. I want the moments that we've had as this assembly and that experience with the Lord. I don't want it just once or twice a week. I want it every second of my life. I want to know that I am constantly living and dwelling in that kind of an atmosphere to know that if I was to reach out, I could lay my hand right on him. I want to know that I know that I know that I know. And then no matter what comes, no matter what flood pours your way or enemy weapon formed against you, none of those things, you know, I'm right here with him. You don't even stand a chance. You don't even stand a chance. Again, because all things are for my sake. All things are for my sake. <coughs> I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. There was, I haven't had the chance to share this with you. I heard a brother ministering <coughs> recently at another church, and he started to read a quote. And before he read it, I stopped the video and I searched the quote myself and I read it and listened to it before this brother read it. And what clicked to me has never clicked before. I'm a very, I struggle with being critical. You're humans too. I'm sure you struggle with it as well, being critical. It's easy to get judgy, it's easy to get critical. Most importantly, it's easy to get frustrated. It's easy to get frustrated. You know what? I've about had enough. The Bible says don't grow weary in well-doing. You, you, nobody's perfect in this room. You're, you're anybody in that way? The way the Lord Jesus is, is that he would never condemn someone. He would never be critical of someone. He would never judge someone without first taking their punishment for them. You know that's right. He went to hell for you. You think about someone has called you say your biggest enemy. Would you go to hell for your biggest enemy? Then you don't have the spirit of Christ if you won't. Would you go to hell for your biggest enemy? Would you go to hell for your least enemy? Would you go to hell for someone that just irritates you, not just even an enemy? Would you say, God, take your Holy Ghost from me and give it to them so they'd have a chance? That's what he did. As he is, so are we. He said, I'm come, the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that's an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. Because the man was a coward, the man wasn't willing to die. You realize that? This hireling was not willing to die. Are you willing to die for your brother and your sister? People say, I'd die for my husband, my wife, my children, but would you die for your brother or sister? Would you give your life for them? Even if someone told you that, that you could live another 100 years in perfect health, in perfect restoration, no issues whatsoever, would you still die for them? The shepherd would. And as he, as, as he is, so are we in this world. Same spirit, same spirit. Supposed to be. Right? So it's supposed to be. The hireling fleeth because he's a hireling and cares not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. That's not just a, well, I go to the church of. I go to the, the, the pastor of. I go, no, it's, it's, it's his. It's his. I'm his and he is mine. I am his and he is mine. Well, I worship here, yes, and I, I, I love this fellowship here, but no, I'm his and he is mine. If I leave the word, you're to leave me. 
If I start preaching something against the word, you're going to get up and walk out of this room. Otherwise, I'm going to tell you I'm ashamed of you. If I preach something contrary to this Bible, it is your duty to get up and walk out. I don't care how much you love me. I don't care how close you are to me. It's your job to get up and walk out because Christ first, him first. Now, after the service, we can talk and, and maybe come to a reasoning or come to a, an understanding of what was said, but you must always be him first, him first. He's my life. He's my love. He's what's precious to me. Nothing else matters. I love you, but he's my all in all. He's my all in all. I know my sheep and I'm known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. And I laid down my life for the sheep. As he is, so are we. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring. They shall hear my voice. That's you. That's you. Unless you were standing there 2,000 years ago as he's telling the disciples this. He's looking at the sheep of his pastor. You're here, but he's a God that knows the end from the beginning. He's like, I know Sam Parker's got to be born. I know you've got to be born. I know your date. I know the times that you've got to have your tests and your trials to make a character out of you that he would be pleased with because you must please him. Your life, your faith, your heart, your desire, your living for him must please him. Are you, you, are you think he's, he's satisfied with the, the sacrifice you've been bringing? If he was examining, would he say, this is good, or he'd throw it away and say, get out, come back when it's better? You must please him. We must please him. <clears throat> they hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. One fold and one shepherd. Now here, this lines up with 1 Thessalonians 4. They which are alive will not hinder or prevent them that are sleeping. They that are alive, that's you right now. You're alive and you're remaining. You're alive and you're remaining. Will not hinder nor prevent them that are asleep. Will not hinder nor prevent them that are asleep. You, I don't have time to get into the first resurrection, the second resurrection. I don't have time to get into the first death and second death, which the Bible teaches. <clears throat> but you understand that they are with him at his coming. That that shout voice, Trump, all three of those things happen at his coming. All those things line up and your name is called, whether you were born yet or not, at his coming. And that word is laying there waiting for you to come to it, waiting for you to be adopted, waiting for you to be manifested, waiting for you to express him, whether you were born or not. I've shared with you many times, I was born at the end of the half hour of silence. I was born at the end of the half hour of silence. There several of us were born even after that. Some of us was already alive during then, but it doesn't matter. Like I said the other night, I'm still in. I'm still in. I know a lot of people like to twist this. They don't understand <clears throat> what grace, grace really is, what grace, grace really is. So when you have that mediator, that, that, that captain of our salvation that brought the sacrifice and he laid it before the throne and he put it there to be there for you and for me, that when he then gets up from the throne, he said, I will sit here until my enemies be made my footstool, the enemy of death. All those things are cast down. But that blood, that sacrifice, that propitiation for sin lays there as long as you need it. So a lot of people say that when the lamb comes off the throne, when the lion steps up, then obviously the days of mercy are over and the door is shut. Again, I was born at the end of the half hour of silence, but I'm in. So that is not the case. So what you find then is that he no longer winks at ignorance. For you, there will always be grace. There will always be mercy. There will always be mercy. 
You might have been the raunchiest, nastiest, thieving, lying scoundrel there was. You might have been a murderer like Paul. You might have been a, a liar like Peter. You pick it. You might have been an adulterer, a, an adulterer like uh, Samson was, or a fornicator or like David, all those things like that. But when God chose you, he gave enough grace to save you. And if you were to package that in that one time given five letter word use of the word grace, in our day, it says the capstone, the headstone come down. This is Zechariah chapter 14, and it's crying grace, grace. You understand the beauty of that. It says that the plumb line that in the hand of Zerubbabel, that as the headstone come down, again, we got to get a picture of the cloud. As the headstone, the capstone come down, you understood there was much grace. Much grace. Ain't nobody screaming, praise the Lord for that. They're like, yeah, we got much grace. You'll have a good day. I'm going to be like Andrew Glover. Is this thing on? It must not be working. You must not be impressed with much grace. Maybe you need much, much, much grace. No, the grace is sufficient. It's very sufficient. Very, 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 very sufficient. He said, they shall hear my voice. They shall hear my voice. And like I said, as we started this, that as, as we've lived our lives, each one of us from zero to whatever your age is right now, you've had so many things screaming at you your whole life. You've had so many things fighting, fighting and vying for your attention. Even as you sit right now, the devil's probably bringing things back to your mind that you haven't remembered in weeks. Oh my goodness, I forgot to get my oil changed last week. I forgot to get my tires rotated. I realized I haven't weeded you that side of the fence or another side of so-and-so or, or this or and I got to get my seeds in, I got all these things in. The devil's bringing those things back into you. It's a voice of this world. You're not supposed to be listening to the voice of this world. You're supposed to be listening to the voice of that world. I'll go back to, to asking, who do you say that I am? And he said, I, thou art the Christ, thou art the Son, the Son of the living God. And he said, this revelation has not been given to you by man. This revelation has been given to you by your Father, which is in heaven. So that voice is coming from that side. This voice has called you out of the grave of whatever you were in. It's called you out of whatever husk you were in, whatever dead life that you should have been buried and put down in, whatever it was. And he called you and he proved to you that he was the resurrection of life. And he quickened your life and made you alive in Christ Jesus to express and bring about his glory upon this earth. Hear his voice. His words are life. His words are spirit and truth. His words are spirit and truth. Because a lot of people like to, Satan will dice this up and slice that up and bring that down. Well, you got a lot of brothers, well, we just got the word now. We just got the word now. You must not be using that word, that, that phrase the right way. You've got the same word. And, and I'll quote that to you out of It's Rising of the Sun, that there's a full maturity of the word that's turned back again in our day. The full maturity of the word is turned back in our day. Not just to bring you out of dead denominationalism, not just to bring you out of what a sin and muck and mire you're in, but to quicken you, to make you Elohim on this earth. Elohim. As he is, so am I. As he is, so are you. Oh, it's too fantastic, too science fiction. It's the word. It's the word. This was his heart purpose. This was his cry all the way back before there was a thing called time, before there anything was. He said, I will restore the kingdom to its rightly position. See, that part right there is where it gets exciting. He said, I will, the third purpose, I will restore the kingdom to its rightly position. Well, that's just for the millennium. We'll just 
tucker it out and wait till the millennium and no right now right now I'll ask you again what do you need what do you need what do you need keep speaking it keep calling for it death and life is in the power of the tongue especially a voice that's only speaking his words especially a life that is lined up to where it's a perfect channel between you and him you think about your life and and and, and I had something I was struggling with here recently and I was really struggling with it. And I was really knotted up about something that I don't ever get knotted up about. Really, really struggling with. And the Lord gave me a dream. And in that dream, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine. And I was expressing to my friend these different issues that I was, that I was struggling with. And was telling him certain things. And in the dream, the man told me that, but your spirit's changed. You're different. You're not the same person that you were. These things have been fixed. This life has been cleaned. This life has been redeemed. This life has been sanctified, justified, filled with the Holy Ghost and mighty burning fire. This life has been set into purpose for him. You're not the same spirit that it was years ago. So speak and go forward. Speak and go forward. See, the word still sets the captives free. The word still sets... Maybe I should say it louder. The word still sets the captives free. They'll hear my voice. There shall be one fold and one shepherd. There shall be one fold and one shepherd. One head. One head. Not many heads. One head. A body, a fold built correctly on the word, built correctly in the faith of the word, built correctly in the patience of the word, built correctly in the virtue of the word, built correctly in the godliness of the word, built correctly in the temperance of the word, built correctly in the brotherly kindness of the word. Let brotherly love continue. Built correctly. And the headstone fits perfectly. One shepherd, one fold. One shepherd, one fold. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the door. No man cometh to the Father except by me. No one cometh to the Father except by me. There's not but one God. There's not but one Lord. There's not but one person. Not but one God. Not but one Lord. Not but one person. Not many personalities. Not many persons. There's one Lord, one God, one person. Many attributes of the same person. Many faceted character of the same person. Just in the book of Revelation alone, you've got him as seven spirits. You've got him as 12 spirits. You've got him all these different things. Same one, same one, different manifestation. He needed a redeemer. He's a redeemer. He runs around, oh my God, he's only a redeemer. She needed a restore. Oh, he's just a restore. You needed someone to provide your bills. Oh, he's just this. No, no, this is what he is. So again, I'll ask, what do you need? What do you need? Therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life. You see the key there. That's the key to your entire Christian walk. That's the key to your entire Christian experience. That's the key to him. That's the key to him. So we, we look at our example. We look at the wave sheet for our, our, our life. Our example, the Lord Jesus Christ was a wave sheet, if you understand what that means. 
That wave sheet in the Old Testament, they would take the, the first fruits of the leaves and they had the priests, they would wave it for the people. He said, if I be lifted up, I draw all men unto you. He took the Lord Jesus Christ, he put God fully incarnate bodily into a body called the Lord Jesus Christ and he took him up on a cross as a curse for you and they waved him for the whole world to see as the wave sheet. And his example was, not my will, thine be done. Not my will, thine be done. Even everything that he done, you heard it, how many times do you think he's walking around saying, well, you know, the day I healed that blind man, I healed that sick man, I, I gave this guy, you know, I broke that bread, I kept growing back. Never one time these things come out of his mouth. But we saw you do it. Never one time. He would never say one thing about him. He could stand beside you and you wouldn't even know who he was. He's not walking, hey, by the way, did you know that I'm the way, the truth, and the life? Did you know that I'm this? Oh, that's what the enemy does. Constantly telling you what he is, what he's done. That's the enemy. That's not the Lord Jesus Christ. It kept saying all the time they were lying on him and persecuting him and wagging their heads. All of these things that he stood there with no guile found in him and he opened not his mouth. So that tells you right there that, that just to keep your mouth shut, you'll be a pretty blessed person. <clears throat> he said, but go back. You jumped. Back to verse 17. Verse 17, therefore doth my father love me because I laid down my life. I laid down my life so that Christ might live. You notice I changed from talking about him to talking about me. I laid down my life and I must die daily. I must die daily. I must die many times in one day. I must be only Christ that lives, not me. Sam Parker has to go, has to go. I'm not just talking about myself now. I'm talking about you. You've got to go. He's got to live. He's got to reign rule supremely through your life. Where the only thing that you say is his words. The only thing you think is his words. The only thing you look at is his word. Oh, what a boring life. You must not understand what that word is. Pure maturity of the word come back again. To me, that's Genesis 1. Let there be. Let there be. Let there be. So I ask you again, what do you need tonight? What do you need? He said, I might take it that I'm, that lay, I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. And nobody, nobody walked away thinking, can I lay my life down anytime I want? Can I pick it back up anytime I want? Can he actually do that? Can he actually die right now if he wanted? See, if you put you on a cross and they're hanging there, you can't die anytime you want. You realize your hands are bound, your feet are bound, you can't jump off a cliff, you can't cut your throat, you can't cut your wrist, you can't even snap your neck hard enough to, be able to break your neck, you can't even uh, try to asphyxiate yourself because as soon as you black out, you automatically start breathing again. It's impossible. He did. He gave up the ghost. He gave up the ghost. And you think nobody said, How do you do that? He said, I'm the sacrifice. I'm the way made, and it's for you. <clears throat> no man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. Again, our Lord Jesus is a gentleman. You realize how much better off you would be in relative terms? I want to qualify this correctly. If he kicked in the door of your heart and says, you're mine, let's go. But then you ain't overcome nothing. You ain't overcome nothing. You're just a slave. You're not a love slave. That's just a slave. 
He says, go here. So here, why are you doing it? I don't know. He just, I, the boss said, do it. Now it's the only way I can do it. But when you love him, you don't care. He said, go. That's what I do. He said, do this. Why do you do that? He said, I love him. And that's all you say. I love him. I love him. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received to my father. I'm going to skip down to verse 20. Many of them said, he hath the devil and is mad. Why hear you him? And the reason why I jumped that verse is, they say that he has a devil and he's mad. Why are you hearing him? See, you live in the same world. Right now, Satan is telling you all the time, who is the devil? Who is the house of Baal? Telling you that God isn't right. Jesus isn't right. All this stuff is right. You imagine, just Google the Lord Jesus Christ. Just Google him and see all the nonsense you find out about him. Just a man, maybe a good man, maybe this. It was a lion, it was a con, he was illegitimate. All these different things, and not one of it true. But there's more of that out there than what this says. Quantity doesn't make it correct. <clears throat> I don't care if they could pull up some kind of scientific forensic evidence. We found the body, we found it. I still don't believe it. I still believe this. I'll requote it to you again. Let every man's word be a lie and his be truth. Are you that sold out? Let every man's word be a lie and his be the truth. Because there's no other truth but him. See, this truth is what's changed your life. Their truth ain't done nothing for you. Their truth is killing everybody. Their truth is absolutely killing everybody. You look at how they broke into the tree of knowledge of good and evil, how they, how they made a vehicle, and how many, how many people, vehicles and cars, automobiles have killed alone. You look at guns, you look at bombs, you look at all the, 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 the prescription medicines out there now. They bury so many hundreds of thousands of people. We just won't talk about that anymore. Their science, their, their intelligence, all those things are killing people right and left. Right and left. We should only listen to them. No, their word's a lie. His word's the truth. His word won't just heal your body. It won't just give you peace. It won't just set you free from anxiety. It won't just give you peace between a husband and wife. It won't just bring your prodigals back home. It won't just have you a good relationship and workspace at work. It won't just help you and protect you at school. Also gives eternal life. Eternal life. Eternal life. Others said, these are not the words of him that hath the devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? And you should say, nope. Um, it, it, it's, in, it's in Mark. Is it? Oh, my goodness. I just read it earlier. Where the man that was blind since birth that sat at the gate, and Jesus come by and heals him. They didn't see who Jesus, he didn't see who healed him. And they, they bring him before the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, whatever it does, and they commanded him, you tell us who healed you right now. And you imagine that kind of interrogation. You I didn't, you want to know who robbed me? Who who blinded me? Who cheated on my time? No, you want to know who healed me? Okay, I'd be happy to tell you. I didn't see his face. <laughs> so they keep pressing him, pressing him, and pressing him, pressing him. Now bring his parents up here. We'll ask him. And they're scared about the council. They're scared about the church. We might get kicked out. We might get excommunicated. So he said, they said, he's of age. Ask him again. They go back to him. They said, you tell us who did this. He said, I don't know who did this. They said, it must be a man that's got a devil. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, no one has ever opened the eyes of the blind yet. Since the beginning of the world, this is scripture. No one's opened the eyes of the blind yet. And no one, and who can do these things but God? But you're saying that a man that has a devil did that? And no, not a chance. They excommunicated him right then and there. They kicked him out right then and there. Right then and there. All because the poor guy got healed. 
Hey, exactly the way he thought his day was going to go when he got up that morning. Let's see, I'm going to be healed. I'll be able to, I won't be blind no more. And I'm getting kicked out of my church. You think about Martha and Mary and Lazarus. They had forsook all to follow him. They forsook all. They got excommunicated. They got kicked out. Just because Lazarus was brought back from the dead by the Lord Jesus, that a whole host of people were still trying to murder him. This is Bible. Because you were resurrected by him, you must die. Okay, let's try this again. Not since the beginning of the world has someone been brought back from the dead. And who can do these things but God? And I was brought back from the dead. There were some others brought back from the dead, but you know only God can do that. Isn't it just unbelievable? It's just unbelievable how much more uh, the truth is versus a fable versus a lie. And we, we open with that there about what Paul said. They keep saying that I'm a liar. They keep saying that I'm a liar, but look what God's doing. You really still think it's a lie? You really still think it's a lie? <clears throat> I shared that the other night there in Noel about um, what have been 2019 or so. If you Googled on Google, uh, well, well, Wikipedia, I think it was Google or Wikipedia. You pull it, Google William Marion Branham, that it would prop up this synopsis, this <clears throat> this biography, and it would tell you it would testify that it was led by uh, an angel of the Lord. An angel was there. Wikipedia said that angel was there. Angel of the Lord, angel of the Lord, angel of the Lord. But then they say, as he got older, later in life, he got more something and something and went off in his doctrine and people didn't leave him because the angel of the Lord was still there. They didn't know to leave. See, my, you, you got your, your statement backwards. Did the angel of the Lord not know to leave? You think about that. Because God will have nothing to do with error. He will have nothing to do with error. God's like, well, you know, I'm I'm not actually three people, but I guess if you want to call me three people, I mean, here we are. No, he'll have nothing to do with error. Nothing to do with error. And again, how will we know them? If it's you, Lord Jesus, by their fruits, you will know them. By their fruits, you will know them. But what if we were all given telepathic power and we can read his mind and see what's in his heart? That's not what he said. It's about their fruits, you will know them. Because people can trick you in their mind. And trick you in their mind. By their fruits, you will know them. You can't trick those fruit. You can't trick it. You can't go out there. We're about to start planting seedlings for a garden. You can't plant uh, aromas in the place of bell peppers, and they're going to pop up and say, look, we're bell peppers. No, there's no tricking it. That's silly. I know it is, but there's no tricking it. And for you, being a restored to the bride tree, the, the, the wife of Jesus Christ, you're just producing him. You can't help but produce him. You can't help but express him because that life of him, remember he took my spirit out and put his spirit in. So I'm just producing him he is my all in all. Sad musicians come tonight. We'll close a little bit early. I appreciate him. I know I say that a lot, but I, I appreciate him. I, I was telling someone just the other day, we was over in Noah, was testifying what God has done for us just since we've been in assembly. And, and, and I'm going to say this, this plan, I've always wanted to go to a church like this. I've been the message. I was raised in the message. I was in some good services, in some good churches. I'm not disputing anything about that, but God, I've never been in any place what God has done for us as a body ever my entire life. I've never felt the Lord. I've never been an experience with the Lord. I've never seen such an atmosphere, and I thank him for it. You know, he ain't got to do that. He ain't got to do that, but I appreciate him for that.
Let's all stand on our feet tonight. What are you playing? I don't know. I feel Jesus in the room. I feel Jesus in the room. I feel Jesus in the room. Today. Oh, my ladies in the room. All things will stay the same. I feel Jesus in the room. 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 Today, and there's healing in the room. Oh, there is healing in the room. There is healing in the room. There is healing in the room. There is healing in the today. I feel Jesus. I feel Jesus in the room. I feel Jesus in the room. I feel Jesus in the room today. He's in the room. All things will stay the same. I feel Jesus today. I feel Jesus in the room. I feel Jesus in the room. I feel Jesus in the room. Today, oh, all things will stay the same. I feel Jesus in today. There is nothing like the presence. Nothing like the presence, and nothing like the presence of the Lord. There is nothing like the presence, oh, nothing like the presence. There's nothing like the presence of the Lord. Oh, I am free. Express on. I am free. Express on. 
born years I am not a slave. Change forever in his presence. There is nothing like presence. Oh, nothing like presence. There's nothing like the presence of the Lord. There's nothing like the presence. There's nothing like His presence, nothing like the presence of the Lord. I am here in His presence. I am here in His presence. Oh, I forgive, I'm not the same, I am changed forever in His presence. There's joy in the presence, there's joy in the presence, joy in the presence. Joy in the presence of the Lord. There's joy in presence. Oh, joy in God's presence. There's joy in the presence of the Lord. I am free. In his presence, oh, I am peace. In his presence, I forgive. I'm not the same. I am changed forever in his presence. I feel Jesus in the room. I feel Jesus in the room. I feel Jesus in the room today. Oh, I'm Jesus in the room. All things say the same. I feel Jesus in the room. Today, sing it one more time. Oh, I feel Jesus in the room. I feel Jesus in the room. I feel Jesus in the room today. Oh, amazing the room. Oh, things will stay the same. I feel Jesus today. There is peace in the presence. Peace in the presence. Peace in the presence of the Lord. 
There's peace in the presence, oh, peace in the presence, peace in the presence of the Lord. I am free in His presence, oh, I am peace. In His presence, oh, I'll forgive I am not a lost in In His presence, one more time, oh, I am free. In His presence, oh, I am peace. In His presence, I am not the lost thing. I am changed forever. Is anybody about the love? of Jesus oh I do oh yes I do oh does anybody know about the love of Jesus oh I do oh yes I do Oh, see, does anybody know about the grace of Jesus? Oh, I do. Oh, does anybody know about the grace of Jesus? Oh, I do. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, does anybody know about the grace of Jesus? Oh, I do. Oh, I do. Oh, does anybody know about the grace of Jesus? Oh, I, yes, I do. Oh, does anybody know about the healing of Jesus? Oh, I do. Oh, I do. Oh, does anybody know about the healing of Jesus? Oh, I do. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, I do. Oh, yes, I do. About the power. Oh, does anybody know about the power of Jesus? Oh, I do. 
Oh, I do. Oh, 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 does anybody know about the past? Jesus. Oh, I do. Oh, yes, I do. I do. Oh, I do. Oh, yes, I do. Healing is here. Oh, healing is here. Hallelujah. Oh, healing is here. Oh, oh, oh. and I believe it. Sing his links. Oh, healing is here. Oh, oh, healing is here. Oh, healing is here. Yes, it is. And I believe it. I lift my hands. Oh, I reach my hands. Oh, to the heavens, I lift my hands. Where my help comes from, and I look to my. My healer, I trust in you. Seek freedom. Oh, freedom is here. Right now, oh, freedom is here. Oh, freedom is here. When I receive and I receive it, freedom, freedom is here. Oh, freedom. Oh, yeah, it's, it's easier. Freedom is here. Oh, and I believe it. I reach my hands. Oh, I reach my hands. Oh, the heavens. I lift my hands. Hear my help comes from, and I look to my rock, my healer. I trust in you. I reach my hands. Oh, I reach my hands. Oh, the heavens, I lift my 
eyes where my help comes from and I look to my rock my healer I trust him thanks to him oh, oh sickness can't stay any longer because your perfect love is casting off his the God of all power. But it is your will and my love is in sickness. And sickness can't stay any longer because your perfect love is casting out here. And Satan can't stay any longer because your perfect love is casting out fear. Oh, and you are the God of all power. Oh, and it is your will, and my life is in. Let's sing, Satan. Oh, oh, Satan can't stay any longer. He called for perfect love, his casting out fear. Oh, and you are the God of all power. Oh, and it is your will that my life is in. One last time. Satan can't stay any longer. Because your perfect love is passing out Oh, and you are the God of all power. Oh, and it is your will that my life is I reach my hands, reach my hands toward the heavens. I live my life. Where my help comes from, and I look to you, my rock, my healer, I trust in you. Sing it one more time. Oh, I reach my hands toward the heavens, I lift where my help comes from and I look to I rock my healer I trust in you
I trust in you. I trust in you. Yes, I do. I trust in you. Open the floodgates of heaven and let it rain. Let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven and let it rain. Let it rain, open, open the floodgates of heaven, and let it rain. Do you feel the rain? Let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain, let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven, let it rain, let it rain. Oh, open the floodgates. Of heaven, let it rain, let it rain. I feel the rain. Oh, I feel the rain. I feel the rain. 
Ah, feel the rain. Oh, he's greater. He's greater. He's greater. He's greater. Sing, I feel. Oh, I feel the rain. Oh, I feel the rain. I feel the rain. Oh, I feel the rain. Oh, he's greater. He's greater. He's greater. He's greater.